Like everything human, our human side is limited, very limited, literally and metaphorically. How about when you are driving on the highway, and one time you see a car, and suddenly you don't see the car? It's gone into your blind spot. And for those of you who use modern cars today, your side light, your side mirror will be beaming, ping, 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 something, watch out, watch out. And so isn't it ironic that just the same time you have sight, you also have blind spots? Human sight. Or think about when you're driving in the summer and it's so sunny in the day and at a distance you can see something that looks like a pool of water. And you're saying, yeah, that's a pool. It's not. That's a mirage. That's an optical illusion. And so sometimes what the eyes think it sees is not reality. Human eyes. Very limited. And even if you look at it metaphorically, it reminds me of a classical poem titled The Blind Man and the Elephant. And the poem says that there were some blind men who went to see an elephant. And so the first blind man touched the ears of the elephant and said, Whoa, the elephant is like a fan. The second blind man touched the tail of the elephant and said, No, the elephant is like a snake. And the third one touched the stomach of the elephant and said, Get out, the rest of you, the elephant is like a wall. And they went on and on and on and on. And the poet, now at the end of the poem, now asked the question, which of them is right and which of them is wrong? And he answers himself and says, all of them are right and all of them are wrong. Sounds ironic. But each of them in their perspectives is correct. But the elephant is more than a tail. The elephant is more than a wall. The totality of the elephant, they couldn't get it. But the perspectives of the elephant, they were correct. Ultimate truth of life is not perspectival. The reality of our human existence, the truth that is God himself, is huge. And our human intellect, our human insight, it's so limited for us to be able to grasp it. And so the poet says sometimes we are fighting each other and bumping each other's heads just like some blind men, all of us buried in our perspectives, buried in our perceptions, and sometimes buried in our punctuations. You know what I mean by punctuations? It's like when two people have a fight, a couple have a huge quarrel. One can put a period, the other one can put a comma or a semicolon. So the one that puts a period may have forgotten about the, the, the quarrel. The one that put a comma says, when you return from work, the sentence will continue. And so sometimes the, limit, the limitedness of our human side can create all of these differences. But you know what? Today is the joyful Sunday. Today is the literary Sunday. And why do we say it's a joyful Sunday? To begin with, the color of the vestment is different. So the church says, hey guys, 
you can wear pink, wear pink, or wear rose, or put on something very colorful. Because we want you to have a visual sign of how joyful today is. And why is it joyful? It is the fact that God does not judge you by the externals. Our joy today is that God loves you just as you are. He loves me. He loves all of us just as we are. He does not condemn anyone. He does not judge anyone. God looks at your heart. He looks at the sincerity of your heart. He sees how you were struggling to be good, even when sometimes you're not that good. He looks at that, and he takes all of that into account. You know, yesterday I was telling them about how I love some of these commercials on TV, uh, these commercials on detergents, Clorox, and all that. And sometimes you see little children playing in the mud and rolling in the mud, and they are so dirty and messy and nasty. And they are running back home, and the parents are like, bring it on. I got Clorox. Bam. And I'm like, yep, yep, that's it. Because even in their exterior, they are dirty and mercy. They are still your beloved kid. You know they are your children. Now picture God in that form, sitting at home, waiting for you to return with his spiritual Clorox. He said, bring it on. Because I'm not looking at the dearth of your exterior. I'm looking at the beauty of your heart. And I want you to come home. That's precisely the thematic of the first reading this morning. The culture was primogeniture. First son takes everything. And so here was Reuben, very educated, has a PhD, seven feet tall, with a lot of biceps, beautiful, handsome looking. The beards were so nice and well laid. And Samuel looks at him and says, man, this must be the king. And God says to Samuel, are you kidding? Hold on. You are looking just as human beings do. And so they started waiting. Second son, third son, fourth son, until the ninth one, nobody ever even counted. The little one playing around in the, in the fields. And Samuel says to Jesse, do you have another one? As an afterthought, he said, by the way, where is that David? He said, all right, go bring him. As soon as he arrived, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to Samuel and says, that's he. Anoint him. And that is the beautiful message of how God looks at your heart and looks at my heart. And that's the invitation today. And what happens when we come to him? He fills our heart with the power of his light. And this light, this illumination, this grace of the light of Christ is really what gives us joy and gives us peace and gives us all the good things from on high. And that's why we conclude with the beautiful story in the gospel this morning of the blind man who was born blind. Now, I don't want to waste a lot of time trying to expound the beauty of that gospel passage. It's so beautiful that we might be here for the next two hours. Somebody say amen. But I want to let you out in the next two minutes. So, three things I want us to take out of that gospel. If we want to experience the kind of light 
that gives joy. Three things. Number one, spiritual obedience. Notice what happens to the blind man. Jesus smears a clay on his, his eyes and says, go wash in, in Siloam. I can imagine what is going on in the man's mind. Are you kidding? I want to see. And you are asking me to go wash? What is the connection? But he may have said to himself, all right, you know, I'll do whatever he says. And so for the very fact that he believed in Jesus, had faith in Jesus, waited and waited and obeyed and followed instructions and went and washed. And he says, wow, now I can see. Spiritual obedience. Sometimes in your life, in your family's life, in your children's life, you may not know how this thing is going to end. Tomorrow looks so blurred, looks so murky, and the rain is all falling. But like the song, one American classic would say, when the rain is gone, you can now see very clearly. And all you need to do is just be patient. Hold on. Because, like the blind man reminds us, if we are obedient to the will of God, it does, in fact, work together unto good. The second lesson that I think we want to take from the gospel this morning is witnessing, rededicating ourselves to the gospel. Because when they brought the blind man to the Sahandrian, and everybody were like, who is this man? He looks like him. Oh, no, he doesn't look like him. Oh, no. He said, look, I am. Huh? You are? Yes. How are you able to see? I'll tell you. This is what he did. This is what he did. This is what he did. And the Sahandrian was like, are you trying to teach us? Of course, I'm trying to teach you because you think you see, but you are all in darkness. I am the one that was blind, but now I am the one that sees. And the rest of you that think you had sight, be careful. And so the boldness he had to witness is one of those things that we are reminded of this morning. But like it's often said, since you cannot speak like angels, if you cannot preach like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus by your actions and your life. That's witnessing. And finally, worship. When Jesus declares himself to the man and says, do you know the Son of Man? He says, show him to me. And Jesus says to him, I am he speaking to you. And he bows before him and says, my Lord and my God. That's the power. You want to experience the power of Christ today? You find it in the Eucharist. When we love God with all our heart, and we worship God with all our heart, believe me, we find strength, we find grace, and we find power. So even if you forgot every other thing I've said this morning, three things I don't want you to forget. Number one, spiritual obedience. Number two, witnessing. 
Number three, worship. These are the three things that bring the joy of Christ in our hearts. Amen.